Welcome to the Sincerely Jada podcast, a podcast hosted by yours truly, Jada Amoy. And if this is your very first time listening, this podcast is all about learning and unlearning. I hope you all are having a great day regardless of when you listen to this episode. I'm in a good mood. I've been experiencing a lot of creativity when it comes to the podcast, and I feel like season three might be the best one yet. I don't know. I'm not too sure. Maybe y'all can let me know how you're liking it, how you're enjoying the topics. And if you have a topic suggestion, as always, swing it my way. Y'all don't know how hard it is. Being the mastermind, being the producer, being the editor, being the brains behind the operation, you know? So any ideas that you have are always greatly appreciated. But yeah, as you can tell from my overly extra introduction, this episode is going to be a good one. So I assume that you may have clicked on this title because you are either curious, maybe a little nosy, or you are somebody who is struggling to express your emotions. And this is a safe space. I try to make this podcast a safe space where people can really engage with me and have honest conversations where we are not like those people on TikTok waking up at 5 a.m. and making lunch and going to the gym doing the Pilates. Over here, we are all beautiful messes and we are embracing all the aspects of growing up and admitting that we do not know everything and we do not have everything figured out. So with that being said, today's episode is something I'm really excited about because it's been something I've been actively working on over the last few years. So I do feel a bit more empowered, a bit more capable of speaking on this topic. And I haven't been able to dive into this topic too deeply yet into the podcast. I've had a few episodes where we touched on aspects of emotions, such as emotional awareness, mental health, and deepening your interpersonal relationships through vulnerability. But we haven't really discussed how to do that and best practices and examples for expressing your feelings. A lot of us might be emotionally unavailable or emotionally avoidant without even realizing it. So today, I'll be getting into some of the tips that I have found useful in learning to express a few particular emotions because, of course, there is a lot of different emotions that we could get into, but I figured it would be easier to conceptualize and to understand and apply to your own life if it's applicable. So we're going to talk about ways to express accountability, anger slash disappointment, love, and empathy. Let's get into the episode. Not too long ago, I was discussing emotional unavailability and emotional avoidance, which is a key aspect of this conversation. So if I were to describe emotional unavailability in my own words, I would say that it is the unwillingness to deal with the emotions of yourself and others. And people who are emotionally unavailable may be avoidant, and it's not necessarily always purposeful. They might not really know how to identify their own feelings. Let's say they're in a certain situation, it might be hard for them to name the exact feeling that they're feeling. And since it's hard for them to express and identify their own feelings, it's of course going to be way harder for them to try and explain them to someone else who's outside of their body, who's not experiencing what they're experiencing. Those are the people who maybe sometimes laugh when people are breaking down into tears beside them. And, you know, it can come across as a bit insensitive, a little weird, but they don't always mean to be rude or unsympathetic. Sometimes they don't know how to properly respond or they're even afraid of coming across as insensitive or unsympathetic, so they just kind of avoid expressing anything at all. How many of us can relate to that? 
So when it comes to today's conversation, emotional unavailability relates because when you aren't able to properly express your thoughts and feelings and instead choose to shut down or not say anything at all, you're essentially preventing people from having a deeper understanding of what's going on with you. Because of course, we always hear that we can't read people's minds, right? So if you're never able to express your feelings or your perspectives to people, then they're going to be left feeling ignored. They're going to be left feeling disregarded. They're going to be left feeling confused because they are not really able to get a deeper understanding of how you're feeling. We are going to try to work on that, of course, because a big aspect of emotional availability is embracing conversations about your feelings and the feelings of others instead of seeing it as a burden or a negative thing. So first, I'm going to start off by discussing each of the four emotions that I outlined earlier. And I'm going to share some common mistakes that I think we, including myself, make when we try to express these emotions. So I'll give some examples about better ways that maybe you can go about expressing these emotions. And all of this is going to be based on my experience and what works for me. But keep in mind that no one's perfect. So although these might be really great ways to express your emotions, different people may appreciate different approaches. But overall, I think you should be able to tweak these tips and suggestions to suit your communication style. And these should be particularly helpful for people who are emotionally avoided. So the first emotion we're going to talk about is accountability, which is basically expressing regret for your actions, apologizing. And I think a lot of us have been using this word accountability because of this new trend of self-development on the social media. But in real life, many of us probably owe some people apologies but refuse to do it out of pride or ego. Or maybe some of us just simply don't know how to deliver a heartfelt apology that doesn't make things worse. Because nothing is more stressful than when you think you're apologizing to somebody, maybe you actually do mean it, but all you do is go and make the situation worse. All of a sudden your apology has been delivered, you've been left on red, and it seems like you have basically just made everything way worse. So we're going to discuss some of the common mistakes you might be making when you're trying to apologize. One of them is invalidating the person's perspective. And this might be because you simply just don't see the issue. You don't really see it as being a big deal. And you might respond by saying, well, I wouldn't have been offended by that. I don't see the big deal. It's not that serious. And that phrase, it's not that serious, is one of the most annoying phrases to me. And anyone who's close with me will know I really don't like when people say stuff like that. Because it is invalidating. Like you're basically telling somebody who's just poured out their feelings, everything to you, your response is it's not that serious. How deflating. It's really hard sometimes to express your emotions or hold someone accountable or tell them that they have hurt you. And for them to just kind of tell you it's not that serious, it's like, well, who gets to decide that, me or you? It is serious. So stop being unserious, okay? That was kind of, okay, anyway. Um, so that's one. Another thing is that kind of tit for tat thing. So you might say, you've done that before and I never got upset about it. Or you might throw something that is similar or you've been angered by but didn't say anything into the person's face to essentially have something to come back at them with. And that whole statement, you've done that before and I never got upset about it, is a fair criticism, I think, if someone's being hypocritical in a situation by calling you out on something that they regularly do and see no problem with doing to you. But at the same time, I think sometimes we try and say phrases like this to do that tit-for-tat thing where we want to 
basically come back at the person. We want to criticize the person instead of acknowledging what they're saying and where they're coming from. And making excuses too, similar. So you just kind of make excuses for your behavior. You're like, oh yeah, I know that we had dinner plans. I was like an hour and a half late and I didn't say anything, but you know, there was traffic and I worked late and I've been stressed and my back was hurting. Like, it's just like, take some accountability, babe. And just recognize that you inconvenience a person. Like, I don't want to hear about everything that went wrong in your day. Because you didn't explain that when I was waiting at the restaurant for you. But yeah. So making excuses. The other one that I'm sure a lot of people have been triggered or upset by is, I'm sorry that you felt that way. And you can just see, like, the little sassy actions that I'm doing. Just picture somebody saying that to you, like, it's kind of a backhanded apology. They'll say, oh, I'm sorry you felt that way. I'm sorry you took it that way. And it's a very purposeful choice of words. And I always feel like it's purposeful because you are essentially indicating that you're sorry, that I'm sad, or that the other person is sad or upset or whatever they are, but you're not actually apologizing or admitting any wrongdoing on your part. You're simply saying that you're sorry about the feeling that they're having as opposed to what you did or said that contributed to how they feel. And a lot of people do that and it's damn annoying. So before I move to best practices, another one is getting offended or reacting emotionally to being held accountable. And I feel like as much as we all try and act like we're so mature, like I can think of situations where I reacted emotionally to basically being held accountable for my own actions. But you getting offended or reacting emotionally, whether you react with anger or sadness or you start crying, you essentially are making the person feel bad. And then oftentimes, can you think of a time where you actually were pulling up on somebody, trying to hold them accountable, they flipped the script on you, reacted emotionally, and then you ended up comforting them? Can you imagine? It's like, I originally brought this up. Why are you crying? Why are you getting upset? and throwing things at the wall when it was me who was inconvenienced, you know? So that as well can be a really negative mistake that people make when they should be taking accountability. So let's talk about best practices or better ways to handle those types of situations. So if you're trying to show accountability or regret for your actions, essentially apologize better, try to listen instead of focusing so much on explaining yourself. So of course, when somebody is bringing something to your attention, as much as you might hear them out, you also want to correct them. You want to explain yourself. You want to explain your intentions. And while, you know, that is a normal thing to want to do, it is an extremely unproductive way to have that type of conversation because you need to listen and you need to figure out why they're feeling the way they're feeling. And if you're so focused on pointing out that you were actually wearing green when they said you were wearing blue, you are just going to exasperate the situation so much more by having that energy. So focusing on listening and just trying to understand, even if you don't agree with certain things they're saying, what is this person feeling? What are they trying to express to me? What is having them all worked up or upset in the first place? And focus more on that. And if you have another version of events or something you'd like to explain or clarify, you do have the right to present another perspective, right? Because maybe they are getting upset about something that they heard that you said or heard that you did, and there's actually another side of the story that you'd like them to consider, that's fair. Maybe that would help down the long run and help them feel better anyway. So of course you should express that. But I think you should wait a little bit and specifically wait until you've properly listened and understood what they've said instead of just immediately pointing out everything you disagree with. 
And I would say try and acknowledge the effect your action had on them. And this is a big one. This is something that I've had to put in place because I feel like it's been really helpful. So for example, if you unintentionally are not there for somebody, right, maybe just a loved one who went through a difficult, hard time and they are expressing that they feel unsupported or felt unsupported by you, you can take accountability for that by saying maybe something like, I'm sorry you were left feeling like that when you really needed someone. I hope you know that the last thing I would ever try and do is make you feel like that. But I agree, obviously, I could have definitely handled things better. Something like that, right? Because you're acknowledging the effect. And the effect, of course, was that they were left feeling like you didn't care. And you're acknowledging where you could have maybe done things differently. But you're not necessarily beating yourself up because everybody makes mistakes, right? You don't have to make an apology be essentially a letter of you just bashing yourself and feeling so guilty. You don't really have to beat yourself up or give yourself too much blame in your apology. But this approach, I feel like it shows the person that you don't take their feelings lightly and that you're open to criticism. You're open to the perspective they're trying to show you. So I think just to wrap accountability up, I think that a good way to end those difficult conversations is to try and show appreciation for them feeling comfortable enough to speak to you. And I think that this is such an underrated thing to do. But it really reassures people that they can come to you in these instances, right? Because we all know how difficult it can be to work up the nerve, work up the courage to confront somebody about something you're upset about or to share your perspective or just to correct them, right? So when you acknowledge and take the time to say, you know what, this conversation was really difficult. I'm not going to lie, but I do appreciate that we have the type of relationship where we can have these sort of discussions. When you say stuff like that, it lets people know And it creates the environment where they know they can come to you in the next instance because they'll know that you're receptive to their feelings. And next time, they're not going to hesitate to come and talk to you about whatever's going on as opposed to going to vent to someone else or just kind of swallowing their feelings because they think you won't listen as opposed to those people that every single time you have an issue, it's like, oh, this girl again, oh, this guy again. We don't want to be those type of people. We want to encourage people that we love to be open and honest with us. So we're moving on to another emotion, which is number two, frustration. So sometimes we take it too far. We take getting frustrated way too far and it turns to anger. And I feel like anger is an extremely valid emotion. You know, a lot of people try and criticize you once you get angry or they tell you to calm down or they make you feel like your anger is not warranted. But Anger is extremely valid, like I said, especially when something has been done to trigger you. But while it's valid, that doesn't mean just because you're frustrated at somebody, you can just allow it to fester and turn into rage. Because, of course, that's not productive and no good conversations or productive conversations happen when you are enraged. So I think frustration largely comes from disappointment. And I know that's true for me. Like when I get disappointed by someone's actions or the way I'm treated or just disappointed in general, I start to get frustrated, especially when disappointment adds up over time. Because a lot of us don't like to say anything the first couple of times someone's behavior disappoints us. So when we finally do, we're coming at people with big energy. We're coming at people very upset and aggressive when it could have just been a simple conversation or a simple correction. That would have took maybe two minutes. But instead, we let it slide until it couldn't slide anymore. And now we're upset. We're big mad. So what are some common mistakes I think that people, including myself, because I'm not perfect, make when it comes to expressing frustration slash anger? So 
common mistakes I feel like are passive aggressive behavior and I feel like me I used to be I think when I was 18 to when I turned 21 ish so very normal age to be passive aggressive but I was very passive aggressive I'm not gonna lie it was not a huge problem because I was with someone who would really not give me the time of day when I was being passive aggressive because of course that's why I stopped because I realized it wasn't gonna get me anywhere um but yeah so passive aggressive comments I feel like a lot of us can sometimes be passive aggressive and that might look like oh it's fine it's not that serious or it would have been nice for you to help but I know that you'd never think to do that and I'm saying everything real sassy just for dramatic effect you know to make this interesting to listen to but yeah those passive aggressive comments where essentially you're trying to throw shade at the person you're trying to be passive about it you don't really want to say what's wrong or what you're thinking or what your problem is so instead you're letting them know something is wrong. You're just not letting them know what. And instead, you're just giving them bad energy. Another mistake, of course, is yelling. You can get your point across. You ain't got to yell. So when we get angry or frustrated, sometimes we want to yell. We want to get upset. We want to get loud. We want to get grungy. And we start to sometimes make below-the-belt comments, like those, those low blows that you know you shouldn't say that. You know you wouldn't have said that if you weren't so heated. And it's just kind of disrespectful and it's uncalled for, regardless of how you're feeling. But you do that because you essentially want to make the person feel just as bad as you do. You want to get even with them. You want to get on their nerves. And sometimes you want to get a reaction out of them. And I'm not going to lie. I'm going to admit that this is something I used to do, to be honest. Like when somebody is not matching your energy, right? Like you're upset, you're hurt, you're jealous, whatever you are. And they're just giving you very low energy. They're not really indulging with you. You might feel the need to make some comments. just. Just those comments that you know, you know for a fact because you know this person will get under their skin and it'll cause them to have a reaction and you basically feel better because you guys are both reacting as opposed to it just being you. So another mistake is shutting down before you even explain the issue. (laughs) So a lot of people do this, like you have not even explained the issue. You might have just started a conversation with somebody and let's say you don't like how they're looking at you or you just don't feel like explaining yourself. You just shut down. You haven't even really given them a chance to understand where you're coming from, but you've already made it up in your mind that this person would not have understood you anyway. So the final one I'm going to touch on is something I think a lot of us are guilty of, which is labeling the person. And what do I mean when I say this? Essentially, you can't just start the conversation with someone from the very beginning on 10, on smoke, calling them selfish and considerate, like, Basically, you're labeling them like you're calling them names, you're giving them adjectives, you're giving them character types, and you're just putting a lot of different labels on them, which would make anybody defensive, right? Like if you are just starting to talk to somebody and you're saying, you know what, you're selfish, you're inconsiderate, you're rude, you're blah, blah, blah. Nobody's really going to want to listen to that conversation or really engage with you when you're trying to express your feelings because they're going to feel like you're just attacking them. I feel like instead of doing that, you kind of have to try to put in words what exactly they did and why it bothered you instead of jumping to conclusions about their character. And I'm not saying people never deserve it, right? Like if you've already had multiple encounters with one person, you might come at them and tell them they're selfish. But that's, of course, if they've already shown you that this is their regular behavior and they're not willing to change. So let's get into best practices. So when it comes to expressing frustration and anger, I feel like it's really positive and much more productive to try to speak directly to what you're feeling and what was done to make you feel that way. I think a lot of us, we get so worked up when we're having these conversations that 
we just start going off. We don't even really let the person know, what did you do? Like, what did I do to deserve all of this? And why did you take it that way? Like, explain to me why you're feeling that way. Explain to me why that comment hurt you, especially when it's not as obvious. Like, obviously, if you call someone a derogatory term or you make fun of their weight, their height, whatever, they might have direct reason to feel upset, right? But there's some situations where maybe you took offense to something or something triggered you where it might not be as obvious to the other person what is causing you to have this reaction. So sometimes you might need to explain it to them. Say examples. Don't just be like, okay, I had enough of you. I'm just frustrated with you because I just had enough. Like, Give them actual examples of what they did. If there's past examples, maybe you could bring them up. But be careful when it comes to that because I feel like when you bring up multiple examples, especially from the past that you haven't spoken about until this moment, it makes the conversation kind of difficult because you come immediately with 10 examples of how I failed to do this and I failed to do that and I'm not good enough and I failed you in this instance and I failed you in that instance. It's like, it's hard for me to really focus on what you're trying to say and have a constructive conversation when I feel like you are just giving me 10 reasons for which I failed many of which happened five years ago, three years ago, and you never spoke about until now. It kind of makes somebody feel like you're keeping record to pounce on them. So give them examples, maybe two or three examples of what you're talking about. If they don't understand the first example, you can say, well, you know, remember this happened last week as well, and I tried to correct you, and you didn't really acknowledge what I was saying, like, this is the same thing, and it made me feel the same way. I feel like that's helpful to get people to understand if there is a pattern in their behavior that you're trying to let them know about. So I hope you're really enjoying this episode. If you are, be sure to leave this podcast a rating on whatever platform you use to listen, whether that be Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Amazon Music, etc. So you can leave us a rating and that will help to boost the podcast and let everybody know that it's a podcast worth listening to. So while you're at it, you would have to have gotten your phone out to do that. So keep your phone out and go ahead to Instagram and follow the podcast Instagram so that you can keep updated on everything that we have going on. You'll know when new episodes are coming. You can find out some info about the guests and that way you'll be super updated and caught up when it comes to future episodes that will be released. And with that being said, I'll let you get back into this episode. Let's say you are trying to express your feelings in a situation where you're honestly very frustrated because your partner is kind of not really appreciating your effort. They're being hypercritical of you and you've just kind of had it up to here with it. Maybe you can say, sometimes I honestly feel as though I'm being criticized even when I haven't done anything wrong. And that's why I shut down because I'm really just frustrated. So it's something simple as that. You're letting them know how you're feeling. You're explaining your reaction or your lack of a reaction. And you're giving them concrete examples even as well as to how they've been doing that behavior so that they're able to understand where you're coming from as opposed to just simply seeing your anger or your frustration as invalid or uncalled for. So another example, someone says something out of pocket, out of line. You can say, and I feel like I use this one, so maybe you don't know how you're coming across, but I'm feeling a little disrespected and I want you to be more mindful of how you're speaking to me. Like this would be an example that I feel like it conveys you know, that you're standing on business and that you are feeling disrespected and you're not going to take whatever's going on. But even in that situation where you are feeling that anger, you're not necessarily unleashing it on that person. You're stern and assertive, but you're not being aggressive. 
And I feel like a lot of us sometimes are angry or frustrated, and we might have a very valid reason to be, but we don't know how to explain it. A lot of us don't really know how to express feelings outside of anger. You know what I mean? Like, you might be sad, there might be other things at play, but it's just easier to get super mad and lash out, especially when you don't really know what's going on or you don't know how to explain what's making you so mad. So if that's the case and you don't know kind of what's going on or how to name your emotions, maybe you can try saying, I can't explain exactly why I'm upset, but I want you to know that there's a valid reason that I feel this way. I'll try to figure out what that is, but either way, you should know that what you said or did didn't sit right with me. And I like that one. I feel like I really ate with that one. (laughs) With that way of, you know, expressing anger and frustration, you're acknowledging that, okay, maybe I don't know why I'm upset and I can't explain it to you right in this moment, but I want you to know that there's a reason. I don't want you to invalidate why I'm upset just because I can't explain it to you right now. But either way, whatever you did, I know enough to know that it didn't sit right with me, so don't do that again. Okay, please and thank you. I'm going to move on to the third emotion that we're going to discuss. I'm going to talk about expressing love, which is something I happen to be very good at doing if I do say myself because I am a certified lover girl. So I feel particularly qualified to speak on expressing love. I'm just joking, but I know a lot of us do have difficulty expressing positive emotions. Like you can be someone who is a lover boy, lover girl, someone who is very deeply invested and very deeply attached to somebody, but expressing love, it could just be hard or a little difficult. So I got you. So I feel like when it comes to common mistakes that people make when expressing these emotions is assuming people know how you feel, so not expressing it. You might hear from, you know, your little guy or whatever, your little fling. You might hear from him, you already know what it is type of vibe. Like they'll basically tell you that, oh, well, I'm choosing to be with you. I asked you out. I spend time with you. So what more do you want? Like, obviously, I like you as a person. And those type of people can be really frustrating because it's just like, you still need reassurance. I still need to know why you chose me. Like those things are still nice. You can't really just expect people to always know and expect people to always remember. And even if they do know, even if they are aware, it's still nice to be reminded. Everybody appreciates positive reinforcement and positive recognition. Sometimes without realizing it, we can also be hypercritical of people. You take a lot of time and spend a lot of time focusing on the ways someone is falling short, criticizing them, pointing out their flaws, as opposed to acknowledging the ways that they show up for you and all the good things about them as well. And when you constantly do that, but you don't necessarily spend as much time expressing the positive, wonderful things that you do appreciate about them, then that leads to people feeling taken for granted and unappreciated. Also, I think going only surface level. So if you compliment or express love to somebody only based on surface level things like their physical looks or things that don't really require any thought or reflection, it can also be a common mistake, right? Like people are going to start to feel like, okay, is this the only thing this person appreciates about me? Can you list something else? Can you give me some more detail? Can you say something a bit more uh, well thought out? Yeah, those can be difficult relationships when you feel like somebody is only able to express very surface level things that don't really require a lot of thought. The final kind of mistake that I'll discuss is something that I feel like a lot of us do and I don't know why but I think a lot of people try and sound super poetic like you try and put all your words or your feelings into almost like a poem and it just comes across really insincere because you are basically almost taking someone else's words 
Some of you might be writing your own poems, your own paragraphs, but they just don't come across as very sincere. They're not actually based on things that you would normally say to somebody in person or even based on the way that you talk. People will appreciate you expressing your feelings. You don't necessarily have to put it into something that sounds beautiful, like make it genuine, make it natural to what you actually feel as opposed to feeling like you got to write a song and channel your inner Chris Brown or whatever. It really shows like when you're overdoing your love or you're overstating your love for somebody, they're going to be able to know like at some point they're going to catch on to that. So I think that's a common mistake as well. Just overstating it, overselling it, uh, trying to be over the top as opposed to focusing on being authentic and genuine. So when it comes to best practices, I'll say you don't need to sound poetic. Focus on listing or mentioning things that you appreciate about them, starting with the little things, the things that other people might not notice about them or the experiences that they give you that they might not give to other people, right? So essentially the things that make them stand out. So their smile, their passion towards something. Like if you see someone working really hard on something, acknowledging that, that sometimes is the best show of love when someone is working really hard and they feel like their work is not being recognized and then somebody kind of gives them that pep talk and says, you know what, I see what you're doing. I see your passion. I see your drive. And I think that's amazing. So a great way to go about that is showing appreciation in the moment. A lot of us wait for special occasions or when people do something remarkable to point out the things that we appreciate about them. But I feel like it's so much better to point out the things that they do, even if it's a little act of kindness, like helping you grab something from the store, helping you prepare for an interview, like those small acts of kindness that are sometimes a given in a relationship. If someone's at the store, they're going to pick you up something like it's not a huge deal. But at the same time, it's great to acknowledge that, right? Because some people maybe feel that you shouldn't have to thank someone for the bare minimum. I think it's really beautiful and it's really great to take the time to acknowledge the little things that people do because it's only going to encourage people to show you more kindness. The people in your life that you know who are very grateful and they're very appreciative of everything that you do for them, you feel more inclined to do for that person because you know that it's never going to feel wasted. You know that they're always going to appreciate it and that they're always going to be grateful towards you as opposed to someone who never shows appreciation at all. So for those people who struggle to put their feelings into words, focus on describing the feeling that you get when you see them, right? So when we see a specific person, we get a specific feeling. Maybe you are meant to see some people and you start to get a bit of a nervous stomach. You know that that person is not really maybe for you, but there's other people that you know that when you see them or when you're around them, you get a special feeling. Maybe you can't describe exactly what you like about them, why you choose them over other people, but Focus on describing that feeling that they give you. So if you are seeing the person that you're dating and you've been looking forward to seeing them all week and you know that the day is coming for you to see them, it might be nice for you to let them know like when you see them and say, I was looking forward to seeing you today. You're not necessarily pouring your heart out to that person, but you're expressing happiness. You're expressing excitement. It's good to give people the reassurance so that they're able to know that whatever impact they're trying to have is working. So just to summarize, I feel like focusing on the need that they feel within your life, focusing on the specific feeling or value that they give you. So for example, you can say to someone, I have really stressful days at work sometimes and your energy really helps me relax. Like if someone said that to me, I would be like, oh my God, it's just a way to 
express your feelings and express how someone makes you feel. You know what I mean? Focus on how they make you feel. It doesn't have to be expressing your feelings like, oh my God, I love you more than anything. You're the best. I've loved you since I was six years old and all of this. Like, you don't have to make it so fancy or express it in that way. Sometimes it's just about letting them know what feeling do I give you? You know, that will provide people a lot of reassurance. And you can also say to someone, I've noticed that you're a really good listener. It's nice and I appreciate that, especially on days when I'm feeling stressed out. So yeah, when you are continuously showing gratitude towards somebody, it becomes way easier when it's time for you to express your emotions towards them, right? Because if you're already tuned in and aware of all the little things that they do for you, the things that they do that make your life better, then you're already showing them appreciation in the moment, right? This person does this for me and it feels this way. That means that they're thoughtful. This means that they're this type of person. Like you can begin to better identify and then express to that person your emotions by simple acts of gratitude on a regular basis. This one is kind of a heavier one. So I saved it for the last one. So the final discussion point is empathy. So this is for my people, as I said earlier in the episode, who find it extremely awkward to support people with their emotions. So you don't know what to say when people are struggling. And whenever someone starts to tear up or get emotional or just passionate or just sad, you're ready to get up out of there because you don't want to deal with it. So some common mistakes I feel like are minimizing their issue and coming across like you don't care. So you might say, oh, stuff like that happens all the time. It's not that serious. Or some people might take it as far as saying, well, I've been through that before and honestly, it was nothing. It's like, okay. So other people might struggle with interrupting the person. Some of us are very antsy. It's hard for us to sit still and just listen to someone venting or talking. We might have the urge to interrupt the person and we don't allow them to get their point across. Maybe saying things like, okay, yeah, 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 but what are you going to do about it? Like interrupting someone as soon as they're speaking just because you're trying to kind of rush them and get to the end of the conversation. Another big mistake I feel like is trying to make someone's issue seem like it can be easily solved and that you'd be able to somehow handle their experience better. If it were me in that situation, I would handle it this way, but I know you're probably not going to do it. Like just those types of condescending things where you're kind of making it seem like they're overreacting and that you would not be phased at all if you were the one experiencing what they're experiencing. It's like, who wants to hear that? Life will humble you as well. A lot of us think that, okay, well, if I was in that situation, if I lost my job, if I lost this, if I was going through a breakup, I would be over it by now. But you never know. And life will humble you if you constantly think that you can handle things so well. It's like you never really know what that person's going through and you never know how it affects you until you're in that situation. You know, shutting people down, I think is one that I kind of touched on, but shutting people down and getting uncomfortable. So it's not that you're really doing anything, but you immediately get uncomfortable. I think that's a common mistake people make. Challenge the fact that feelings in general just make you so uncomfortable. Everybody has feelings and we should be able to speak to members of our community of course, if somebody just randomly breaks down crying or if you don't really know them well and they're coming to vent to you, I can see why you might get uncomfortable. But at the same time, I think it's something that should be challenged, especially if you've seeked support from them in the past, but you're suddenly shutting down and getting uncomfortable because you don't really want to deal with it. I think that's kind of unfair. Uh, when it comes to best practices slash tips for better expressing empathy in those situations, I think imagining how you'd feel if you were in the same situation. But also keep in mind, everyone handles stress differently, right? Don't necessarily judge the person for how they're handling it. If they're crying, try not to judge them for crying. 
if they're really upset about something, try not to judge how they're feeling or how they're reacting to it by keeping in mind that everybody handles things differently. And maybe you don't see the situation that they're upset about as such a big deal. But you should still show empathy, right? Because someone might come to you and say, oh, my manager talked to me this certain way, right? And you might not see it as that serious, but that could have been the straw that broke the camel's back. Like who knows how many other things were piling up on their plate that week. So just try to show empathy regardless of whether you think that their reaction to the situation is valid or productive or not. Maybe an example could be, I know I'd be overwhelmed by that too, but you're doing your best though. And I don't see what you could have done to prevent this. So try not to beat yourself up. Just basically reassuring somebody that whatever they're going through happens to the best of us and that there's nothing that they could have done to prevent it, especially if they're beating themselves up about a mistake that they made. So I feel like that could be a helpful way to express empathy to people as well. And you can think of a time that you faced something similar. Maybe you didn't face that exact situation, but you can think of a time where you felt that certain feeling. You know, this person experiences this and their back is against the wall. Think about a time where your back was against the wall. What would you have wanted somebody to say to you? You don't need to monopolize the conversation by sharing your story and telling them basically about your experience and what happened to you because it's not your turn, babe. But instead, you could say, you know what, I experienced something similar a while back. And all I can say is regardless of how you feel in this moment, if anyone is capable of bouncing back, it's going to be you. And I feel like that's speaking life into people. Like a lot of times people need you to speak life into them. You might not know the answer or what can solve the situation. But it's not that they want you to solve the situation. A lot of times people just want a listening ear. They just want someone to just be there and just say something to comfort them or acknowledge how they're feeling as opposed to invalidating it. So try not to feel like you always have to solve people's problem or give them a list of instructions about what to do to fix it because who are you even? How do you know those instructions are going to work? But aside from that, they might not just really be ready to take a bunch of steps. I find people who are constantly interrupting me when I'm talking and saying, well, what are you going to do? How are you going to fix this? What is the steps? What's the plan? It's just like, oh my God, relax. Relax, self-improvement girly. You know, it's okay. Just let me have a moment. Let me put myself together before you're automatically expecting me to have a list and an action plan of how I'm going to address a situation that just happened a few moments ago. I hate that, as you can tell. I feel like a lot of people just really need a reminder in those moments. They don't really need you to know exactly what to say but maybe just bring them back into themselves, remind them who they are, and remind them how special you think they are. So you might say something like, with time, I think you'll come to forgive yourself, but for now, I want you to keep in mind that you do a lot of things for other people. Even if you miss the mark this time, you still deserve grace just like everybody else. And that might sound like a politician's answer, but I feel like you can tweak it based to how you talk, of course, but I feel like just acknowledging where they are at how they're feeling, but also letting them know that they're bigger than whatever it is they're facing in the moment. So those are some of the discussion points I wanted to share. So we talked about expressing anger. We talked about expressing accountability slash regret for your actions. We talked about expressing love and then we ended with empathy. And just to kind of summarize what we went through. So I think, again, when expressing accountability or regret, it's really best to try and validate people's experience, focus more on the effect that whatever the situation had on them. So for example, in the accountability case, if somebody's expressing their disappointment or how they were inconvenienced by you choosing to show up an hour and a half late to a pre-scheduled date or a pre-scheduled hangout without any notice, instead of trying to make excuses and saying, oh, well, this is what happened, 
you can acknowledge and say, you know what, I'm sorry that your time was wasted. I'm sorry for wasting your time. So in that example, of course, you're acknowledging the way that you inconvenienced them or the way that you fell short and how that affected them. And I feel like that's one of the most important aspects. When it comes to expressing frustration, as I said, a lot of the time frustration comes from disappointment as opposed to anger, and it festers and becomes anger. So try not to let it fester. Try to speak directly to what you're feeling in the moment as opposed to jumping to conclusions and making statements based on someone's character. And if it's those situations where you don't exactly know why you're so angry, but you know that you are angry, still let the person know. Let them know that you can't exactly explain why, but you want them to know that whatever happened didn't sit right with you. When it comes to love, best practices, like I said, being genuine. You don't have to always sound poetic. Sometimes it's just about expressing appreciation for the little things that somebody does that they might not even think that you notice. Letting them know that you do notice those things will make them feel more appreciated and more loved. So we just spoke about empathy. As I said, try and relate to people, try and empathize with them and give them grace, remind them of who they are, and also just take some time to put yourself in their shoes. Instead of criticizing them and immediately thinking that you would handle the situation better, try thinking about a time where you were down bad as well and imagine what you would have wanted to hear in that moment and try and tell them that. Yeah, and also try and spend some time listening. I know we're talking about expressing your feelings, but a lot of times it's easier to express your feelings, especially in a situation where you are having a back and forth conversation with somebody when you've taken the time to listen and hear people out. And also, it's easier to express your feelings when you take the time to listen not only to other people and listen to their perspectives, but take the time to listen to yourself. Listen to the thoughts that are within your mind. Listen to how you're feeling. Try and figure out what made you feel that way. Trace back whatever feeling that you're feeling back to a specific moment. When did you start feeling that way? Why was it? Why are you feeling triggered? Have you been upset by something like this in the past? Maybe it's a pattern. Maybe it's something you should bring to their attention and just express it. You don't always need to know exactly why you feel the way you feel, but I think it's really good to be able to reflect on your feelings and try to be as honest with people as possible, even if you have to take a bit of time to yourself in order to understand your feelings better. But I really just want to emphasize that in the episode that shutting down is not always the solution. Blocking people out can be extremely lonely and Although you might not always know how to name or how to describe your feelings to other people, the people in your life, if they are the right people, they will care. And even if you can't exactly name it, they'll listen to you regardless. So with that being said, I really love how this episode turned out. I hope you were able to take something away from it because I think it was a really great conversation and I touched on all the great points that I wanted to. So for more information, more content like this, follow the podcast Instagram at SincerelyJadaPod. That's where you can keep updated with this podcast. Until next time, sincerely, Jada. 